This is CliffCentral.com. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Another absolutely fantastic day. Of course, uh, this is the Unplugged and In Charge radio show. Thank you so much for listening in. Thank you very much for being part of it. This is, of course, the time where we just uh, have a chat about, you know, things that are upbuilding in one way or the other. We talk about careers. We talk about people who are doing major things, who are um, on the way to big success. And that these are the type of things that really help us all uh, make the changes necessary in our own lives to, you know, to become better, to grow, to be more in whatever space and in whatever way possible. Because that's important. It's important to keep on working on yourself and finding out from other people what are they doing right. You know, what are those magic formulas, if, if it is magic after all. But what is that one thing that helps other people really excel and progress and propel themselves to new heights every single time? Because it is you just taking the right ingredients from different people that ha- actually helps you become better at what you do as well. It's absolutely fantastic. And tonight, I, well, um, why am I saying tonight? guys, I didn't actually sleep. I must just be honest. I had like three hours of sleep only because I was uh, in Mahiking. Then I had to come straight from Mahiking to here to make it done time for the morning. I first had to train somebody. And then when the training finished, I had to rush over to Cliff Central. So it's been a, a rough, rough couple of uh, a couple of hours, but hey, man, we're out here, and uh, today we have one, the one and only Trevor, Trevor Gumby. Uh, I think <laughs> we need to one day make it like a, you know, a James Bond thing. Like, what's your name? My name is Trevor, Trevor Gumby, or maybe uh, Gumby, Trevor Gumby. <laughs> yeah, like that, yeah, like yeah. That. that would be dope. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I'd make an awful uh, 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 secret agent, man. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I talk too much. Secret agent Trevor Gumby, but he's not keeping any secrets. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> oh, wow. Man, it's a, a great pleasure to have you in the studio. In fact, an honor. I mean, you've, you've, done, you've done the most and you've built this career um, from rock bottom and look where you are now. Dude, thank you so much for having me, man. I'm really excited to be here, man. You're talking big things. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're talking big things big now, things, Baba. Bro. Big things popping, nice. little things stopping. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So so tell me, Trevor, um le- before we even talk about the big things, uh, right. what what I always like to talk about is um is you know the smaller things. Well, we believe that the big shots are the small shots who never stop shooting. Oh wow, that's so profound. Yeah, yeah. That's so there's nice. once upon a time where Trevor was not Trevor Gumbi. You are just Trevor Gumbi. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was like the accent change when you say <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> so so let's go to that time when you were still just, you know, the ordinary Joe. And and tell me how was a normal day in Trevor's life? Uh, all right. I, I still uh, consider myself uh, uh pretty ordinary because uh <laughs> I do ordinary things. My life is not uh, really gla- glamorous. But um, back in the day before I started uh, in entertainment, my, my day would just be like, I used to live in Windsor, Windsor mm-hmm. West. And um, I used to get up, have breakfast, uh, walk to work. I worked at uh, Crestor Mall. I worked at a, um, a clothing store there, YDE. 
And uh, yeah, I just spent my whole day in there. I walk over to the checkers for lunch, eat in mm. the parking lot, and then back home again. Wow, it was very ordinary. Just very a mundane. very ordinary yeah. mundane day. What what were you what were you doing at the at the workplace? What was your responsibility? Ah. It's it was YDE, yeah. so it's a clothing store. I'm the guy that when you walk in, I'm like, "Hi, good morning, can I help you?" Yeah, and then people say no, <laughs> and yeah. then when the person says no, you got to walk away from them and you got to go fold clothes. Yeah, even if, <laughs> dude, even it's if like they, a, a therapeutic thing just to go. No, fold. dude, it was so bad because you folded everything, right? Yeah. But then they say if there's no no folding to do, unfold them and fold them again. I'm like, oh. So then, like, my only escape from folding and unfolding was to get the person to say, yeah, actually, help me. Yeah. Then people go, no. And I, oh, got to go fold those T-shirts again. <laughs> and then it's like a person says no, and then they go through all the clothes, right? They take them off the rack. They unfold them. Yes. And then they're like, oh, no, thank you. I didn't really like any of them. But I know you were in the change rooms taking selfies and pictures to post on <laughs> Facebook. To make like you've got a new outfit. And then I've got to fold these clothes again. Ah, come on, man. Oh, man. That was man. quite quite the life back in the day, right? right? Yeah. Sucks. So and that that means you probably have a really neat home right now. Like you fold everything. Yeah. 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 It, it, I, oh. I don't have many clothes, but the, yeah. the few that I have, they're mm. all folded. <laughs> the same way that you would find clothes in the store folded wow. they're folded like that it was drummed into me yeah it was, it was drummed into me and also i was in uh boarding school from the age of six uh for from the age of six yeah yeah what's that grade zero i know class one yeah yeah, yeah that is pretty much yeah. yeah so yeah yeah so my whole kind of life has been molded into just like law and order kind of thing wow you know? yeah Pretty interesting. I suppose that's why I was quite rebellious after school mm. and got myself into so much trouble. Hmm. Man, we just had a realization yeah, moment. Yeah, like a, you know, one of those yeah. aha moments. Yeah, we had an aha <laughs> moment. Thank you. Wow, is it? So, so, so let's, let's now rewind. Not a lot of kids start grade, I mean, grade zero in boarding school. It's almost as if, um, you My know. parents didn't love me? Yeah, you're right, man. <laughs> Well, at least you don't, said it. Don't, don't know what I did. Age of six. Okay, fine. I broke a few cups. <laughs> peed in bed a couple of times. There's like, no reason. Like, I've had enough. You're going to boarding school. No, I'm six. <laughs> Jeez, forgive me. Yeah. I can't control my bowel movements yet. <laughs> I, I'm sure it must not have been the easiest time. I mean, you don't, you, you, you hardly had a father figure, mother figure. Um, you know, involved in your life mm. um, fr from the biological sense, yeah, uh, all that often. Yeah. So uh, the boarding school I went to uh, was called Little Flower Eshow uh, mm. um, in KZN. Yeah. And it was run by German nuns. Wow. Um, yeah. So it was pretty weird. Pretty efficient, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was on time, including the beatings. <laughs> Dude, you have no idea. <laughs> But but my parents did it for a very good uh, for a very good reason. Yeah. Uh, at that time, it was uh, 1986. There were no uh, Model C schools uh, that black kids were allowed to go to. Mm. So this was the only school allowing and teaching in the Model C uh, code. So mm. 
that was the best school for me at the time. Wow. To start off in the Model C school. Mm. And um, uh, lots of uh, black people in KZN, then, because they were accepting uh, colored people, mm-hmm. not really blacks, but they were ex- uh, accepting colored people. So some black people changed their surnames, like uh, from Tim Cool to Khrut Boy, you know, kind wow. of, those kind of those kind of things, you know. And you went and got Trevor, just to- yeah, <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> Yeah. So I yeah didn't get visits from uh, my friends in the hood because they come around and be like, "Hey, Trevor!" No, no, guys, we are here now. It's, it's Trevor. It's Trevor. Come on, guys. Was on keep it Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so wow. it, it was for good reason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That that sounds that that sounds interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know anybody who's ever started boarding school at that young oh, yeah? of an age. I, yeah. I, I know normally people maybe started. Some people started primary school. I've heard of, let's say, um, um, grade seven boarding school or grade mm. eight. Um, that that's about thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. So I'm trying to get my kids to boarding school too. Though. Yeah. It's, it's rough, man. Yeah. They eat too much. <laughs> no. They do, and yeah. uh, I don't think it's fair, okay? Because now, uh, my wife and I, we, we divorced, so we don't live in the same house, okay? Yeah. And we don't have the same responsibilities and bulls, okay? And yeah. these kids don't consider that when they're coming to raid my kitchen. It's like, <laughs> just eat and get full at your mom's house. And when you come here... <laughs> When you come here, you just drink oros and eat popcorn. <laughs> drink oros and eat popcorn. Yeah. That is so convenient, right? Yeah. I mean, then there's no dishes. Uh, exactly. <laughs> well, I use paper plates. That's, you use paper plates? Yeah. Whenever a company. By company, <laughs> I mean... By company, I mean my kids. <laughs> wow. Because yeah. you can't really host people and then expect them to wash the dishes. And I don't like cleaning up after people. So... Yeah. You know, it's easier now with the hip hop culture, you know, uh, two plastic cups. You yeah. Know? You give them that and they think, oh, this is so swaggy. No, I just don't want you using my glasses. You guys are going to break stuff. Oh, this is fantastic. Get the swag on. Smart man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now let's, let's, let's say we now fast forward to, you know, boarding school kind of finished. Um, and you were, you know, you were 18, I'm, I'm, ho- I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, the first thing that happened is you got the job at, uh, at, uh, at YDE. Is that, is that pretty much how it happened? Yeah, p- pretty much. Um, uh, the boarding school, uh, I, I went from when I was six years old mm-hmm. till grade five. Yeah. From grade five, then I moved, uh, to Parkview and, uh, no, Morris Brothers, St. Mm-hmm. Henry's, which mm. is so expensive. I only when lasted, you- I only lasted a year. There, because of how expensive it was. Ish. Then we went to Parkview, and then mm. Glenwood Boys High, um, and then I, I was in a band in my matric year. Oh, with my stepbrother, uh, DJ Spectacular, and uh, we called ourselves the Odri One, and we did choir mm. uh, rap. Uh-huh. And we were pretty cool. Uh, so my studies didn't go so well uh, in matric, yeah. and I thought I'd failed. So I got up at uh, 4 a.m. You know the day the matric results come out in the newspaper? Yeah. On that day, at like 4 a.m., I was at Durban Station. I got onto a bus to Joburg because I thought I'd failed, you know. And then halfway at the Montreal stop where the bus stops, I, I got out and I called my mom. Mm. And she's like, oh, I see you packed all your things. I bought the paper 
your name's in here, you passed, so you can come back. Wow. And then I was like, ah, I'm halfway to Joburg anyway, let me see what the city can offer. Wow. Yeah, so I came here, I looked up my sister, uh, stayed with her, and uh, yeah, then started getting jobs. I worked at uh, YDE, uh, Hilton Wainer mm-hmm. at Hyde Park, uh, RJL in Westgate. And then my sister, who was a call center manager at uh, MultiChoice, got mm-hmm. me a job uh, in the call center. That was my first call center experience. Yeah. From that one, I moved to Tracker, the stolen vehicle recovery systems. Then I, I worked for them. And then a couple of others. Oh, insurance as well. Yeah. I sold business insurance. Oh, interesting. Yeah, quite a big deal, dude. Yeah. yeah there's so much money in that. Mm. So much. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's how my working career started. From being a runaway, <laughs> literally, because yeah. I mean, you—I mean, I can't imagine. Your mom looks at your room and there's nothing, and yeah. she's like, "I see you already. You ran away. You're a street kid already. Yeah. yeah. By the way, you can come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but I don't think it hit her really hard that I ran away from home. She put me in boarding school at the age of six. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's, she was like, "Oh, my son's gone." So, <laughs> like, oh, well, we can store pots in that room. <laughs> oh my god! You know, yep. I, I, I really, I'm trying so hard to, you know, stay composed, and not <laughs> laugh at your life <laughs> because so much of it is funny. But uh, you know, I think it's just you, you take out the humor out of it so easily and effortlessly. Maybe that's the actual thing. You gotta laugh at bad situations, man. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but there was, look, there was a lot of love in my household. You know? Yeah. So we did things because of circumstance and not because of a certain way you feel about a person, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm. I come mm. from a very uh, close knit family and a uh, very loving family. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, and then the journey um, went now. You, you are in this, you know, corporate working environment, call center vibes. What are some of those days where you were just like, ah, you know what? I call this an aha moment. Tell me about that moment when you felt like, man, some days just feel like they're not worth it. Every Monday and every Friday. <laughs> like, yeah. I was on the verge of getting fired from every job I had because I just couldn't make it to work on a Monday. And on a Friday, I'm just like, oh, take your own phone calls. Yeah. It was bad. It was like, like, um... When I first got a a taste of uh, entertainment was when I had an advert, and then uh, that advert kind of blew up, and uh, I thought, "Oh man, the sky's the limit, Hollywood! Here I come!" Yeah. You know, and then uh, I didn't get the jobs. Oh no! And uh, I had to go back to a call center. Then mm. I was working at uh, at Celsee. Dude, I, I, I was like, I'm not meant to be here. I'm, I'm a big star. What is this? I hate it here. And I just didn't take phone calls. Like, because mm. you wear a headset and then the phone doesn't like, you don't like pick up the phone. Yeah. It just comes into your ear because you've got an automated thing. Hi, this is Trevor. Thank you for calling Chelsea. How can I help you? But that's pre-recorded. Oh, what? And, and then, then you just hear the person go, hi, hello. I need some... Just. I used to just sit there the whole day, like, and when I hear somebody's voice, I just like click hang up. What? I did that, <laughs> dude. I did that every day for about two weeks. Every, <laughs> you? every day for about two weeks up until 
uh, the manager like uh, said, okay, everybody, please uh, get off your phones. Uh, I'd like to have a meeting, please. And in the meeting, the meeting was about me and how he's firing me on the spot right there for Whoa. what I did. <laughs> and I think that was a, I think that was just after payday on a Thursday because we got paid mm. like weekly. Mm. And I'm like, okay, so what? I got to leave now. He's like, yeah, you got to leave now. But I'm like, I put 20 rand in for lunch. But <laughs> this guy, I'm like, okay, guys, can I have the 20 rand back? Then he's like, the guys are like, no, he's already gone to buy the Nando's. You have to come back. Wow. Then it was just awkward. I was like, do I wait for lunch after being fired or do I just leave on the spot? What did you do? I left, dude. You I left, left your training box? Yeah. <laughs> I was hungry too, man. <laughs> so bad. I mean, it's one thing to be fired, but to be fired and hungry? Ah, man, you know? <laughs> I didn't think about it like that. Now I'm jobless and hungry? Oh, man, I'm on the streets again. My mom's going to be so angry. <laughs> oh, wow. And then from this, I mean, you, you, uh, a lot of people that I've had on the show have said, yeah, you know, I used to do corporate and you do a little bit of entertainment at the same time until entertainment took off and then I left. Um, or they, you know, they talk about that one big gig and it felt like that, that's all they needed. Mm. And in your case, you saying that one gig came or it was, it looked like it was coming and it looked like this was it. Mm. And then all of a sudden, ololo, yeah. ololo tend to dololo. Exactly. Exactly. And, and then, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was pushed back down to earth, you know, mm. pulled back down to earth quite harshly because I, I was thinking, oh man, I've got the biggest ad out there and then yeah. I just didn't understand the industry and I didn't understand how hard people work and nothing's given to you, you know? Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that these actors go for auditions. I'm like, once you're on TV, they just give you work, mm. you know? But you have to go and impress and be at auditions and stuff. Yeah. Mm. And how do you, how did you get through that? I mean, so once someone hits um, the rock bottom and they feel like they're down in the dumps, mm. what are some of you know your ways of coming back from setbacks? Oh, dude, it's just like um, you fall down seven times, you got to get up eight times. Yeah, you know, there's, no one's gonna give you anything for free in this world. You know, you, you've got to do it. You, you've got to work. You know, mm. um, nobody owes you favors. So you got to do it yourself. Yeah. Like I've always done things for myself, you know, and uh, giving up is not an option because if I do, then I've given up. Mm. And uh, yeah, I've got uh, kids looking up to me. So, you know, I got to make it work for them. Yeah. Mm. So some people think that maybe the whole boarding school experience for you at such an early age and not having, you know, your your family around you uh-huh. from that early age maybe turned your own heart a little bit cold to your own, mm. own kids. Do you feel that um, you, you also don't know how to quite handle the whole being there for the kids? Like, because, mm. because maybe you didn't see that or, or is it different for you? Yeah, it's different for me. Um, I didn't grow up with a father figure. Yeah. Uh, I was raised by a single mom. Mm. And... Um, I've always yearned for that father figure. And yeah. uh, I promised myself that one day when I have kids, mm. they will never 
yearn for anything of that nature. So wow. with my kids, I make the most time for them. I'm, I'm there for them, whatever, you know. Um, all the sporting things, I'm there at galas and stuff. And mm. I'd rather not be at a job than miss out on an important rugby match for them. Or, wow. Yeah. So my kids, maybe I smother them, maybe I don't, but uh, I'm... I'm there for them always because I know what it's what it feels like. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And that's that's powerful. So many young um, young people, especially young black people, mm-hmm. uh, grew, grew up <clears throat> grew up without the family being there at exactly. these things. You're like, mm. you know, we we already know Chepu's mom is. Chepu's <laughs> <laughs> mom. Chepu's mom is never there. Exactly. Chepu's dad is never there. But Chepu you know why? Always because needs I, to take a a, um, a a lift with somebody. Yeah. But mm. you know why? Because our parents didn't have the type of jobs that allow them to take the time off. Yeah. You know, my mother was a bank teller at Standard Bank for twenty six years. Mm. You know, so it's, you can't just leave. Yeah. The the, the, the bank and say I'm going to go watch my kid. You know. And also not having a car and uh, public transport. It takes a bus and two taxis to get to my school from mm. the hood. Mm. It's it, it's difficult, you know. Yeah. So, uh, I I I I remember when I was at Morris Brothers, I I broke down the one time. Yeah. Um, because my mom didn't come to the school concert of mm. uh, it was uh, the Pied Piper of of Hamilton, mm-hmm. and I was one of the rats, mm. and. Uh, I remember sitting there on the stairs looking out at all the parents and stuff. And like we, we, we were supposed to be doing a dance as the rats. Yeah. But then I just stopped and I was like looking around the hall to try to find my parents. And I didn't see them. Mm. And I just started crying. Mm. And on stage. Yeah, yeah. And the curtain mm. closed and closed behind me. And a teacher from behind the stage had to come and get me off the stage. Yeah. But then, you know, I, I was young. I was probably... Ten years old, mm. you know. So I was like, "Mom, why didn't you come?" She's like, "You know, like I see her. She's taking off her shoes. She's she's carrying uh, food, you know, groceries mm. for us." And I'm like, "Trevor, don't be so selfish. This this mm. woman is doing everything to raise all these kids, you know. And you know how it is in the hood, man. It's like." My mom took in other kids who were less fortunate than us, and we yeah. were less mm. fortunate, you know. But rather, you know, everybody gets a small meal than you know, than one person get a big meal, kind of thing. Yeah. And after that, then I started to really empathize and with my mom and um, realize that the kids I go to school with don't live the same life I live. Yeah. Yeah. I think I can totally relate with you on that. Um, you know, the upbringing and having parents that are breaking their back mm. to, to, to put, make, make ends meet and having to sometimes take in other kids. And though there isn't much, you have to have one and a half slide. I don't know if people have had that half slide. Yeah, yeah. If you've never had a half slide. Yeah, you don't know life. You eh? don't know life. Yeah. <laughs> and half slide, Papa. Come on. <laughs> Hubs like, like, and, and, and seriously, that would be the thing. Like, you would go from having, you, you used to having four slices. Mm-hmm. Now you have two and a half slices because someone else has to also eat and mm-hmm. you have to share, even if it's that small, but you have to share it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, I mean, there, there comes that time in your life where you feel 
Maramos Mona, nobody's looking out for me. Where, right. where, where's my parents? Where, when, um, Stefan's parents are always here, um, JP's parents are always here, and, and then you get that aha moment when you see that, hey man, but guys, wait a minute, man. But like, let me look at the whole picture. And we, we start to see exactly how much sacrifice has been put out there to make sure that we, you know, can still have a life uh, and, and still be at least at a school or in, in fact, wear some shoes that make you not look like you that poor mm-hmm. and those type of things. So, uh, yeah, man, that, that, that is some deep stuff right there. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And I, and I think it's, uh, why it's a small taste of Ubuntu, you know? Yeah. That's where we get it from because we've all struggled and we've all had these similar struggles, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And then that's that's pretty much one one of the ways in which you can connect with people really quickly and really effortlessly is if you can share a struggle with them. Absolutely. Uh, I think that this probably works in comedy as well. If you can, if you have something that people resonate with, if you could say. You know that time when you're standing at the line and people are like, yes, man, I, because f- I go through that same thing. All of a sudden, people think that I, when I know Trevor, same WhatsApp group. Exactly. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm, mm. Interesting stuff, man. So, so now let's get into the big time uh, and, and how we started with the comedy journey led into presenting and, 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 and more and more and more and more. Ah. Uh, Okay, that happens totally by mistake. Um, by, by mistake, yeah, yeah. interesting. Uh, were you always the funny guy? Like that's if, that that's the thing because uh-huh. we were drunk in Melville and uh, we were passing cool runnings, and one of the friends uh, said, "Hey, Trevor, you a funny guy? Yeah, this comedy, just go do it." So drunk me, I was like, "Okay, fine, let's let's try it out." Uh huh. Got on stage, did like a few minutes. You then, got on stage, drunk, did a few minutes. Yeah, and then afterwards, the guy was like, the host was like, mm. All right, "You've got something, give me a call." Then I did on the Monday, and uh, he started managing me, and yeah, wow. Yeah. Then I started doing gigs properly and uh, <clears throat> going for auditions, and yeah. that's that's how it started. Then I got that big Vodacom ad. And uh, people started taking notice And um, Remember Darren Moore called me over to a show That he was presenting uh, Last day on Sunday For SABC mm. And he had me in doing some skits And I was like oh wow I don't, don't know about this life what, what is all of this you know mm. And he's like yeah, this is it This is how we do the show blah, blah, blah. I'm like oh I love it can I try you know Mm. So then I was there I was unemployed at the time So I'm, like I went every day Yeah And just like fetching people coffee Fetching printouts You know Trying to learn what, what this whole thing is Yeah And then Like begging to write scripts And they finally let me My scripts were good I acted in the skits that I uh, wrote Yeah And uh, it's just growing And trying to learn more things And that journey, that giving of myself and uh, not thinking I'm a big deal mm-hmm. uh, has led to even uh, producing TV shows like uh, Sober Companion. Uh, Gumbi Productions uh, uh, did that and we won five softer nominations wow. for first drama. So, you know. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. The, the, the interesting thing that you mentioned in that journey was not thinking you're a big deal and mm-hmm. uh, and having the you know that humility that was needed to say, no, I'll I'll, I'll be the dude that fetches coffee. Mm. I'll, I'll be the dude that print that does printouts 
-hmm. You know, you, you're just the average Joe. Mm -hmm. And uh, though there are a couple of big things that had already happened in your life here and there, but you still decided, you know what, it's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to, um, you know, go back down to accepting the, the smaller tasks. Yeah. Even though, you know, I think, I think really highly of myself, but for this particular role and for what I envision for myself in the future, I'm willing to sacrifice and start here. Absolutely. Now, tell me, during that time, fetching, fetching coffee and this and that, were you being paid for that? No, no, no. So no, no. now that makes it even deeper. You are mm. unemployed, mm. meaning that there's no money coming in. Yeah. But you're willing to say, for that, to just to be in that environment, I'm yeah. willing to sacrifice not having a lot of money just so that I can be around the right people, learn the right things, Absolutely. and hopefully get into the right path. Yeah. The the only money I had coming in was from doing uh, stand-up at night in, mm. in uh, clubs, you know? Yeah. And that doesn't pay much. Yeah. So, yeah, like the passion grew for it, and I loved being there, you know? Mm. Uh, others laughed at me and like, dude, you're always here. What are you doing? You're not even getting paid. Like, eh, man, what else is there to do? I could be yeah. sleeping, but yeah. what am I going to get out of that? Yeah. And the thing is, I, I needed to learn uh, the practical. I needed to learn on the ground because uh, my family didn't have money to send me to film school, to send wow. me to acting classes, you know. Yeah. So I'm, I missed out on the whole varsity experience. Mm. But uh, there's no one to blame for that, you know. So if I wanted to better myself, I needed to do that. Wow. Mm. This is taking me back, was it? And this is what, you know why? Yeah. Because people like to always talk about where you fell, right? Um, instead of where you slipped. What I mean by that is even if you fell in good fortune and you fall, you fell into a great career, but it is, it is more about where you slipped than rather where you are right now. So for us to be able to replicate the Gumbi life one day, for someone listening to say, you know what, I'm exactly where he was. 20 or 10 or 5 years ago and I'm I'm packing I'm packing I'm I'm out here folding clothes and this is not what I want to do with my life. I see myself producing big things on TV. But how do I do that? Well, Gumbi just told you that you go and you get unemployed, you go and sacrifice your time doing things for free and you you soldier it through. You do some peace jobs on the side. You swallow your pride and that's how he got where he got. And that's why we had to take you back. Damn, you're so profound, dude. Love the cadence of your voice. You, you should actually narrate porn. <laughs> what the hell? I think I think you do such a great job. <laughs> what? You've got that voice. It's like Ann Mandingle strikes it balls deep into the pretty blonde girl. No, no, no. Stop, stop. <laughs> it's a family show. Oh, is it? Oh, my bad. <laughs> Sorry, Ma. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <But> then, <laughs> My mom's gonna be so just... angry at me listening to this. <laughs> you know what the beauty of like growing up poor and having lots of uh, 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 people in the house? Yeah. <laughs> it's like if your mom gets angry, you can't get grounded. You can't be like, "Go to your room." <laughs> like, where? <laughs> Spanning. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
it's, it's not like, my room it's our room yeah because you go okay go to your room there's three other people you can chill with there, <laughs> there is no there's naughty no corner grounding naughty corner there's no like go pee by yourself in fact uh, if you everywhere. if you grew up in the rural rural i mean my grandfather is, he still lives in the huts and those type of vibes mm. he can't even say go to the naughty corner uh, well, around. Just around. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's all they can say pretty interesting so right. i want to now um zoom into that life um of of being a comedian and uh obviously um you got a big show coming up um and uh and i want you to just tell me about the this comedy journey um mm-hmm. you started off doing some some things well you've started off drunk you did the first <laughs> you did the first thing it started picking up you yeah. started getting more bookings what do comedians do actually like how do you become a professional comedian uh, just stage time i think yeah. if you want to be a professional comedian you just got to get on stage and uh, uh do comedy yeah. there's no degree or piece of paper that can Say now I'm officially a stand-up comedian. No, yeah, it's uh, getting onto a stage and um, performing. Um, what uh, stand-up comedians do, we observe. Mm. For as much as we are loud mouth on stage, it's because we are loud mouth because we've observed, observing society. Excuse me, observing society, uh, politics, whatever it is that. Sparks an interest in you And you want to engage on that topic You know mm. You've got to be pretty well read And pretty well versed on the topic To speak about it Yeah Openly in public You know So comedians As as, as uh, foolish as we may look We are Pretty intelligent Well read people uh, I choose to do Comedy about myself And my life Because I <laughs> well read and intelligent <laughs> No um, I, I choose to do comedy about myself Because it doesn't It doesn't sound like Anybody else's comedy Yeah You know And yeah. nobody can steal my jokes or You yeah. know Because It's my life Yeah you know? We said earlier that um, uh, We've all had Similar struggles Like if mm. you're growing up black If you're between the ages of 30 uh, 25 and 40 You Basically grew up in the hood And Certain things that happen in the hood Have happened to other people mm. You could have grown up a Kailicha And another person grew up a Soweto Both of you will have the same experiences As a person who grew up Guamash mm. You know So mm. sometimes uh, When comedians are on stage It sounds like they're doing the same joke but it's not It's mm. just like That's That's how, life Yeah that's yeah. Their experiences mm. You know So yeah You also gotta watch For that Yeah yeah Cool And your your latest Is about your life um, I mean your latest content That uh, that you're gonna be um, Absolutely out. And it's and it's it's all about a really sensitive topic. Some would think <laughs> sensitive to who? <laughs> nah, exactly, exactly, man. It's uh, it's the divorce tour, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's fourth uh, of November at Silver Star Casino. Tickets mm-hmm. are at Combi Ticket for one hundred and eighty-five rand, and um, I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about uh, breakups, makeups, uh, love, sex. Um, how I describe the show in itself, it's a love story. Um, my wife and I have split. We've been together for 17 years, married for 11 of those. And, uh, 
you can't hate a person after you've been through that much and wow. had two kids, you know. So yeah. it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. And I'm just expressing that, you know, people who are madly in love with one another, things can go wrong if you don't take care of the relationship. Mm. Yeah. Wow. If right. you don't take care of the relationship, that's... Yeah, it's not taking care of another mm. person. It's yeah. taking care of the relationship. There are certain things that you need... To keep going And change And fix It's like mm. It's like if you drive a car Without ever taking it for service It will break down mm. Yeah mm. Wow Hey man that, that was some wise counsel Right there Because <laughs> You know it's so scary To To uh, Hear of uh, Someone who's Been married for like 10 17 years That's like a yeah. long time It's Some people's lifetime That you right. know and, right. and then to still Have you know, have you, you'd think that maybe after the first five years, people think that no, if there was any differences, then they would notice maybe in the first three, five years. And after that time, I know that's the same person, man. Like, I'm sure by now they figured it out and they figured this life thing out. And, um, do you think people stay longer because they're trying to tolerate or, or it actually they did figure it out until a certain point where it was just not coming together anymore. Yeah, people stay together for the wrong reasons. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's financial stability. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's children. But um, people need to realize that you can't stay with the same person for a long time without uh, accepting their changes. Uh, you were not the same person you are today five years ago. And in another five years, you're not going to be the same person. You know, Things change. Your ideals change. Your passion uh, your interests change mm. and uh, that's something that i didn't uh, take into account with my wife you know i yeah. just was the same old person but she was growing uh, immensely and um, i wasn't picking up the slack to say okay fine we have different interests you know i was still clubbing when she was like let's form a book club you know <laughs> what i mean i was like no i'm in the club <laughs> popping bottles with these bitches so, she's like, no, let's book club. Like, is that the same as taboo? Because look, it's <laughs> popping out here. What's book club? I ain't never heard of book club. Can we get VIP in book club? How much the bottles at book club? <laughs> and they're like, there's only bottles of Valbre in book club. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, it's oh, boring ass club. Yo. Wow, and that that's that's some interesting stuff. I'm sure that right there is um, just uh, uh, you know a, a tiny taste of what we can expect. Obviously, with the the divorce tour in itself, absolutely um, things that we can look forward to at the divorce tour. You're saying that um, I mean, there's there's stories about you know the the actual relationship itself. Yeah, things about kids, maybe uh, just just give us a taste of My guys. Here's what you must look forward to because Trevor Gumby is back. <laughs> Uh, look forward to a very candid Trevor and uh, a very honest. It's going to be one of the most honest shows I've ever done. And um, it's uh, far less depressing than what my life is. <laughs> it's uh, I've, I've found the funny in uh, in, in things, you know. Mm. Yeah, um, never give up. It's uh, it's enjoyable, you know. Yeah, yeah. Come through. Watch the show. It's going to be great. Pretty cool. So Trev, um, now we are in that last, um, you know, that last comment section where you just have to, you know, just if you had to share some words of encouragement, there's someone out there who um, is folding some clothes right now. They're not quite in the in the job that they want to be. They're like, 
uh, I mean, wh- which year was that, Trevor? Like, is that like O two, Trevor? Is that I th- uh, yeah, two thousand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trevor of two of the year two thousand. They're pretty much in the same place. And you saying, guys, twenty seventeen, Trevor is talking to two thousand Trevor now and saying, here's some basic tips on life. What would you say? I'd say, uh, risk it all. Uh, take every chance you can get. Um, don't focus on what doesn't make you happy. If you've got that job, cool. Keep that job, but find out things about what interests you the most. If you are um, a keen cyclist, just go hang out at bike shops, hang out at races. Um, find out. Knowledge is key. And uh, just take all the chances you can get. Like if I'm talking to 20-year-old Trevor, I'll be like, take every chance you can get. Mm. You'll fail. But just keep getting up. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Brother, thank you very much for coming through. Uh, this has been very, very insightful and inspirational at the same time. I don't know if you've ever thought of yourself as an inspirational character. But mm. uh, but when we listen to the story in itself, there's quite a lot of inspiration in it. Um, one thing that I'm getting out of this is never undermine or underestimate that dude that just hanging out. You know that there's that one dude yeah. that's always just hanging out. Mm. Um, he's here. Yeah, nobody is paying him to be here. He's just trying to learn, observe, and be around you guys so yeah. that he can learn some stuff. Never end- underestimate that dude because you never know where that dude is going with his life. Absolutely, absolutely fantastic, brother. Thank you so much for coming through yet again. The shortest hour of the week. It has already been right. an hour. Do you realize Jeez, that yeah. we've been chatting for about oh, an hour? Okay, cool. Told you it's the shortest hour of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to book club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right after this, me and Trevor are going to book club. Thank you very much for listening in. This is the Unplugged and Enchard Radio Show. Until next time. This is CliffCentral.com.